We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Tom Greenwald, a former FFPC main event league champion and Football Guys Players Championship regular season points winner. Currently, he has a team hovering near the top 100 in the FFPC main event, trying to win a $250,000 grand prize in a $2.2 million prize pool. His career winnings in the FFPC total more than $20,000. In this episode, we discuss what kind of impact Rex Burkhead's return will have on James White and Sony Michelle, the one bear you can trust in your fantasy lineup, how Lamar Jackson affects the rest of the Ravens' skill players, and much more. But before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it helps support the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's $20,000 FFPC high stakes winner and former FPC regular season points champion, Tom Greenwald. Happy Thanksgiving to uh, everybody listening this week on the uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Hopefully you're celebrating with fen- uh, friends and family. I am 
spending it with my good buddy, Tom Greenwald, who is joining me uh, on the show this week. Thanks so much for doing the, the, the lowdown with me, Tom. No problem. Glad I, to be here. I, I, uh, I should ask you right at the top. We we had the, like, the regular season came to an end in both the, uh, the FFPC uh, main event and the Football Guys Players Championship. Uh, and I know you have had some success in the Football Guys contest, in, in, especially in the regular season. Are you a former two-time regular season points champ in, in the FPC? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> that, that, I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, as, as tough as it is to win a whole thing, to be the regular season points champ twice, that has to – I mean, you had to be feeling really good about those teams heading into the, into the league playoffs and then the championship sprint. Well, the 2015 team was right there. I was in first going into week 16, and I, I wound up in 10th, I think 10th. But, uh, yeah, it was it was exciting. I mean, my, you know, I, I on another side, I won one of their main events a couple, th- that same year, 2015, um, and I've got the plaque, you know, the championship plaque that they sent me and. You know, I, the one thing I want is the trophy for the uh, for the FFPC. I would love to have that, probably more than the 250. Almost. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Um, well, listen, let, we're going to talk fantasy football. You have a lot to say. I have a lot to ask you. Before we get into it, tell the listeners uh, what you're doing for a living when you're not playing fantasy football. I live outside of Chicago. Um, actually, I'm a Bears season ticket holder. I work for a computer programming company. We do back-channel work for United Parcel Service. Um, I basically run the office uh, there. And th- that's it. I've got three young kids and avid sports fan. I just love sports. I, you know, follow everything. And, you know, football right now, obviously, is first and foremost. One of the things that um, you were following, obviously, you know, knowing what a big sports fan you are, was how crazy that um, – Monday night game was between the Chiefs and Rams. Highest scoring game in, in Monday night football history. It is the third highest scoring game in the NFL all time. It's the first time an NFL team scored 50 points and lost. Have you ever seen anything like it as it relates to fantasy football? And did it affect any of your squads this week as, as the regular season drew to a close? Uh, the game was crazy. You know, I mean, I, you know, the football in general is starting to go to this. We've been seeing it in college, I think, for the last few years, and you're starting to see it translate to the NFL where it's just, you know, these teams lack defense, and it's just, it's what the league wants, obviously. They want shootouts, and they want games like last night. The interesting thing for me was in the main event, I was trying to get one of those top two spots to qualify uh, for the championship without having to win the playoffs starting this week, and... uh it was basically there were three of us that were vying for that, and one of the guys separated. The other team that I was competing with, we were dead even going into last night. I had Kareem Hunt, he had Todd Gurley, and if you would have told me that a hundred and what was it, a hundred and five points or however many points were scored last night, and Gurley was going to kind of do nothing, I, it's just it was stunning, and obviously very happy to finish in second and. Uh, that qualifies me for the championship rounds, barring whatever happens these next two weeks. So I was really happy about that. Yeah, that's awesome, man, to, to see that. And, and, and uh, certainly when you, when you had uh, you know, such a titanic matchup between Hunt versus Gurley in a game 
a total that you know was 63 or 64, whatever it went off at. That had to be very enjoyable and nerve-wracking to watch, no doubt. So you talked about you know this main event team uh, that you got into uh, into the playoffs. You have a team. It, it, you have it's hovering around the top 100, right? I think it's right outside the top 100 in the main event right now. League playoffs start this Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, when you drafted that squad out of the 11 spot, how did you sort of feel about its chances in, in being this close and competing for a $250,000 grand prize? Well, I wound up taking Hunt at 11, and I wasn't overly thrilled about that. Um, I just There were guys that went before him, and Leonard Fournette was one of them who was kind of hoping might have fallen down to me. And obviously, in hindsight, I'm glad that that didn't happen because I probably wouldn't have made the playoffs. But... Um, you know, you, when you come out of those drafts, they're, they're tough, you know, I mean, especially the main event. I mean, I have yet to do a main event where you're competing. You know, some of the leagues you get into, there's a lot of guys that just you can tell right off the bat they have no chance. But those main events, you know, all 12 owners in a league, you know, they're sharp guys. You know, you can't really very rarely do you stumble into somebody falling. And it's 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 very hard to feel great about it when you come out of it you look at it and you're like okay this team if it stays healthy has a chance to be good health is such a key i've had teams in the past in that that you know you if you get injuries to any of your top picks you're going to be really behind the eight ball so it health is a key and that team has stayed healthy um, for the most part, which has been a key to, you know, getting in and it's really set up well. I, I, between free agency and what I took in the draft, I feel really good once we get to those weeks where as long as I make the right lineup decisions, I think I've got a chance to compete. Uh, speaking of health, a guy who has not had a lot of it this year has been Rex Burkhead, obviously, um, you know, on injured reserve by the Patriots and um, in the meantime, James White and Sony Michelle have really stepped up. But you went ahead, and on this main event team, you added Rex Burkhead onto this squad. So talk a little bit about not only the impact you think he's going to have on fantasy teams here coming up in the last five weeks of the season, but also how he affects James White and Sony Michelle. I don't know how much he affects White and Michelle. I, I know the New England backfield is always a crapshoot, but... Um... You know, the production that White and Michelle have done to this point, I think it's going to be hard for Burkhead to really, you know, make it make an effect. It was more of a handcuff situation. If White does go down, then obviously Burkhead becomes a legitimate factor. If even if Michelle goes down, then Burkhead gets an opportunity. So I wanted to have the flexibility with White, but I also wanted to have a piece of you know, that New England situation, if one of those guys were to get hurt, that's an elite offense, obviously. So you definitely want to have guys on those type of offenses moving forward. You look at the teams that are competing across the board, and it's, you know, I mean, if you have Mahomes, you're going to be tough to beat. And if you didn't win your league with Mahomes, that's, that's shocking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you really want to have these prolific offenses, players on those teams. I think, in, and I don't know if this is uh, sort of an exercise that you've done over the past few years, but when, you know, waivers are going to lock soon um, and you're, you're not going to have the ability to add anybody for those final three weeks of the season, I think one of the things that I always do um, when I play in a format like that 
is I always look at the elite offenses, especially the elite rushing offenses, and see if, if I can make room for a piece of that, you know, because if injuries happen or, you know, suspensions or, you know, craziness, whatever happens, we always see something crazy. Um, to have, if you have a piece and the right piece, that can make all the difference in the world in, in, in getting to, uh, you know, in, in winning a championship. And I'm even, you know, you mentioned New England, which is a great example, but I'm talking like maybe even in Seattle. If you can find a spot on your roster to to keep Mike Davis around, maybe to keep Chris Carson there, to keep Rashad Penny. I mean, like with as much as those guys run the ball, and again, this is just one example, but with as much as how you know they run the ball, if it comes down to a bell cow situation where they're down to one guy in, in weeks 14 through 16, boom, you have your an instant you know top, top 15 running back there. I think um, uh, th- you know utilizing those examples and, and trying to find pieces of, of, of good backfields on good offenses can pay dividends for you down the stretch. Yeah, that, and you know we're also at a point now in the season where we know who the haves and the have-nots are on defense. So if you can kind of take a look at the schedules down the stretch, especially that week 14 through 16 period, you want to try, if you can, to you know angle yourself to have players that have favorable matchups those weeks. And there are certain teams, I think Baltimore, for example, has just a great schedule. Um, there's another a, a few other teams. I wrote it down. I misplaced that sheet of paper, but... Uh, <laughs> There, uh, the, the, those scheduling situations, those dynamics really play a factor, too, as we uh, get to those weeks. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point about the defenses, too. Um, especially, you know, because we always say it at the start of the year when you're drafting defenses. Well, you don't know how good these defenses are going to be. We've had 11-week sample size. We kind of know at this point. So good point there. Um, let's bring it back to a team that's near and dear to your heart, the Chicago Bears. They look like the team to beat right now in the NFC North over the Lions, Packers, and Vikings. Um, my, my question is, no one's really stepped up as far as being an every-week fantasy stud, a guy that you can plug in your lineup and forget about it, even as good as the team has been. You know, Tariq Cohen's been awesome a few weeks. Jordan Howard's had a couple of great weeks. Uh, Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, uh, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, I guess, is probably the one guy I would count on, but now it looks like he stands a reasonable shot of not playing against Detroit on Thanksgiving. So... Do you trust any Bears in your fantasy lineups right now, or is this kind of you got to you know hope the game falls the right way and and, and get some elite production? The defense. <laughs> I guess that's it, right? I mean, you know, a Khalil Mack-led defense. That's and that's really the reason why Chicago is seven and three right now. I mean, with all the playmakers and and everything that that they've had going on with that defense since Khalil Mack got there. Um, yeah, I mean, they're I guess they're the every week start for me. Yeah, no question. I mean, I I took them in the main event and I think the 15th round and they were the 6th off and at that point they had they had already made the Mac trade and I just really felt good about it. You know, I mean, Mac Mac's been great. The the key to the defense is Akeem Hicks. And I don't know if you watched the game on Sunday night. I mean, he just causes so much havoc. And, and it's a byproduct, obviously, of Mac. Mac has opened up a lot for him, but he's playing with such a, a chip on his shoulder, and that is making things difficult. One of the interesting things coming up, the Rams come here in a few weeks, and I'm telling you, the Rams are in for a long night. For as good as they looked last night, I think when you pressure somebody like uh, Jared Goff, 
he's going to make a lot of mistakes. All of these guys, when you pressure him, even Mahomes last night, when he does get pressured, you saw what happened. He had two uh, uh, turnovers that were turned into touchdowns. So, you know, the defense is, is good. Trubisky has been, you know, he, as a NFL quarterback goes, not accurate. He, 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 his footwork is all over the place at times. But, yes, he, he's been a, a fantasy, you know, gem to this point. They spread the ball around so much. I drafted Burton. I, 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 he played one preseason game and looked phenomenal. And I'm like, this guy is just going to be, you know, he's going to have a thousand yards and 80 catches and the touchdowns will come off of that. And, you know, he'll have a good week and then he'll have two weeks where he's just really not a part of the uh, offense. And it's just the way it's set up. They spread it around. One of my uh, FFPC teams, somebody got frustrated and they dropped uh, Allen Robinson, who oh, had wow. changed up. We uh, were lucky enough to get him a couple weeks ago. Two weeks ago against the Lions, he goes off. And then on Sunday night, obviously a difficult matchup, but he was kind of not really involved in the game plan. And that's just what you have to deal with with the Bears. The thing is, again, they're trending towards one of the more high-end elite offenses. You just have to play some of those guys and just roll with the punches. You're going to have... When you try and get cute and bench one of them, that'll be the week that they go off for you. And and that's the one thing that, you know, for a long time, I've always been very good about not getting overly frustrated with guys. You got to realize that it's a it's it's a marathon season and you just you know, you've got to just kind of go at times with your best players and just roll with the punches. You're going to have good weeks. You're going to have bad weeks with them. But if you try to sit there and get cute that's when you get, you know, a, a guy going off on your bench. And that is, to me, the most painful thing. I almost did it in the main event this past weekend. Uh, Deshaun Watson is my quarterback. And I had Mariota sitting there, and he had that favorable-looking matchup. And all week long, I'm getting this close to pulling the trigger and starting him. And luckily, I didn't, because if I did, I would have wound up losing that battle and finishing in third, and then I'd have to, you know, you hope these next two weeks go well in the playoffs to get into the championship. And I didn't want to have that happen. So go with your best players. It, you know, they're going to, they're going to, it's going to work out for you over the course of the whole season. Yeah. And I think that's good advice to, uh, you know, especially for anybody who's never played in the football guys players championship before, or anybody who. This episode is brought to you by decoy wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. 
Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. You know, maybe this is their first year in it or their, their first year in the main event. I think that's good advice. You know, when in doubt, you know, start the guy that you were more invested in uh, throughout the season, uh, the, the guy that you trust more, uh, because those great matchups are, are you know, they look nice on paper, but the game's not played on paper, you know, and I almost always uh, go with talent over the matchup unless the disparity uh, is that big. And so that's obviously good advice uh, for those players. Is there anything else that you would say as, as far as, like, you know, with – with um, the the waiver wire slated to close shortly, um, when you look at what what your opponent is starting uh, against you in the league playoffs, um, what you need to do as far as creating high variance, uh, if you need to make up ground on the on the overall leaderboard, um, is there any other advice that you can give new players or, or people who are in a situation before that you know they have a chance to win a lot of money, but they don't want to you know make the mistake that costs them that. The biggest thing that I would suggest, you know, is making sure that you have two kickers, uh, because once the once the waiver period closes, you know, it, uh, teams will stack defenses and have a ton of defenses. But I, I'm not into that. I mean, a defense can't get hurt. I mean, a defense is going to play regardless. And for as good as the Bears have been, for example, you know, for the most part, defense is always kind of a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get from week to week. The matchup may look phenomenal on paper, but, you know, the Chargers last week hosting the Broncos, I mean, it looks like a good matchup on paper. They got a zero. So, I mean, that's always one suggestion, the two-kicker thing, because if you have a kicker who goes down, you know, I think last year Zerline got hurt late in the season. And if you don't have another kicker, you're getting a zero out of that spot. And when you're trying to stack those points in 14, 15, and 16, that's uh, that's really important. Obviously, handcuffing, you know, your stars. You know, um, one of the frustrating things for me in the main event was Spencer Ware got drafted. So I've been, I was hoping that he was going to get dropped at some point when the bye weeks were, were really in, in effect. And it never happened because I, I just would love to have him, if, if Hunt were to go down, where becomes a top 10 back. And I don't have him. So but that's another suggestion. The hard part in all these leagues, these, especially the competitive ones, is the wire is so thin. And when it comes to, you know, your free agency budget, I've learned over the course of the last four or five years, really go early and hard because as the season progresses, yeah, there's going to occasionally be a guy that, that becomes available. But for the most part, you know, like a Philip Lindsay, I would have loved to have gone aggressively after him early in the season. And I should have because, you know, as you get deeper in the year, that wire, the wire just gets thinner and thinner and thinner. And then when you get to week 10, the guys that get dropped, they can't be, they can't be added. So at that point, you know, you, you get excited. You see a name on the screen right? to it. It says, oh, week 10 drop, you can't re-add them. So, you know, those, those are the things that, you know, are important. You know, you can play the game and look at the, you know, schedule down the road for like a defense, for example, but, you know, I mean, injuries are going to play an effect and, 
there's so many, you know, it's such a week to week situation. And, you know, you, you really just have to, you know, handcuff your studs, make, make sure you got those two kickers and, uh, you know, just be ready to, ready to go with it at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a guy who was ready to go, and he really answered the call this week uh, in the NFL, was Lamar Jackson. Um, really transformed what type of offense Baltimore has as they are a hyper-rushing attack right now. He might not give that starting job back to Joe Flacco when his hip is healed. Obviously, the entire offense is different now with Lamar Jackson at the controls. How do you treat the Ravens' skill guys in, in fantasy now, You know, be it Hurst or Brown or Crabtree? or, um, you know, uh, Alex Collins or, or anybody like that. Uh, what, what are you doing with your Ravens now that Lamar Jackson uh, looks to be the starting quarterback? That's a great question. You know, I, I you know, obviously if he's going to run the ball 27 times a week, he's not going to last much longer. <laughs> I mean, he's a thin guy. And I mean, I, I was just stunned when I saw that stat at the end of the game. And, you know, I, if they want to keep doing that, good luck. I mean, he may not be here. We may not be talking about him in two weeks because he's not going to be, you know, around playing at that point. He does, you know, open up. I think he opens up a lot for their running game because the defense is going to have to take such a, you know, account of where what he's up to by spying him. I think that may help some of the backs. I'm hoping that as he plays more, you know, he'll settle down and that'll, you know, help the passing game. For example, you know, I love John Brown at the beginning of the year because Flacco loves to just throw those rainbows down the field and Brown's going to run underneath them. And he did that quite a lot early in the season. So, I mean, it may affect, you know, it, it, it's going to definitely have an adverse effect on him. Crabtree, I mean, you know, their, their passing game from my receiver standpoint at this point, I don't know how sexy it looks. You know, they're just not, you know, they don't have that, you know, they don't have a, they don't have the go-to prototypical, a, Mike, a Michael Thomas, Thomas type receiver who's going to get open and be a, a heavy target guy. The one thing that Jackson hopefully will bring is I remember last year when Deshaun took over. He had that first game, I think it was a Thursday night game against the Bengals, and he didn't really look that great. And you're like, all right, this guy's got a long way to go. And then he settled down after that first start and took off. <laughs> I mean, if you remember before he got hurt last year, I mean, he was putting up Mahomes-like weeks, week in and week out. I don't know if Jackson has that in him, but, you know, you, you would hope that the game will slow down a little bit for him and they'll also get in his ear a little bit and say, listen, you know, take some chances down the field and stop, uh, stop running every chance you get. When we, uh, when, when we come back um, after the season ends and the fantasy season ends in, in late December, Tom, um, we'll look back on the season. We'll see how championships were won. We'll see, you know, who's cashing the $250,000 checks, who really, you know, made, made the big way, uh, you know, the big run at the end. And we're going to look to see what players they had. Sometimes it's, it's a stud. Uh, I think about Todd Gurley last year. I think about Jamal Charles um, a few years back. And I think it was 2013 with him. Uh, 2008 was, was D'Angelo Williams. You know, guys who were drafted fairly early in the first few rounds that had big impacts. Not always one of those guys. I think about um, when Steven Jackson got hurt 
And they, the Rams had to bring in a third-string running back Arlen Harris, and he actually did a great job uh, the last few weeks in the championship sprint in both the main event and the Football Guys Players Championship. When we look back uh, after this season, who do you think are, are the players that we're going to talk about going on a tear? Who do you think is going to be the key to fantasy titles over the next five weeks of play? Well, there, there's a couple. I, Aaron Jones looks great in Green Bay. It's a shame that he didn't get a, an opportunity earlier to show what he's doing right now. He's got a tough matchup, obviously, this week with the with the Vikings. But uh, I think he's a guy that could factor into that. And uh, a guy on my main event team, Nick Chubb. I mean, I'm really, really excited that he is. You know, when they traded Hyde. It was it was just a that was a great day, a random day in October. But, you know, when I heard that when I was driving home at night, I was like, wow, this is great news for Chubb. And uh, it really is. He's somebody who's shown it. Um, he was flashing before, you know, they made the Hyde deal. And I'm like, boy, they got to get this guy the ball more. Now he's definitely their main back. And he looked phenomenal against the Falcons a couple weeks ago. So. And his schedule, I think, is pretty favorable, too, here in these next few weeks. So he's somebody that I'm, you know, banking on. Um, you know, again, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the Chiefs and Rams can continue to, you know, have production the way they do on a week-in and week-out basis. If those two teams continue to do what they're doing, then, you know, the teams that are invested in their, those players are definitely going to be uh, – very happy come week 16. You know, what's funny about that is, um, I, I, I mean, I know it just happened last month, but I remember exactly where I was when I, I got the update on my, on my phone that, that Carlos Hyde had been traded to the Jaguars and the, and the immediate, and, and it was so great. Cause I immediately had the same reaction as you. I was so excited about Nick Chubb and I couldn't, I, I couldn't get onto my computer fast enough to find out. Cause I knew I had Chubb in a lot of spots. I'm like, Man, I hope it's everywhere because I, I, I want to count how many teams I had Nick Chubb on because like all of a sudden my, my running back problem, uh, if I had one on my on my roster, it, it was solved because all of a sudden I had this guy who was drafted in, you know, whatever it was, round 8, 9, 10, um, can now step up and be maybe a top 15 running back the rest of the way, or maybe even better, you know, and, and he's certainly uh, been looking very, very good so far. I am with you on that. I think Nick Chubb. Uh, future is not only bright in Cleveland going forward, but these next few weeks for fantasy owners, it's going to be big for Chubb as well. Uh, waiver wire, obviously, we mentioned is still open. I know it's it's early in the game and it's a holiday week, so you know sometimes we don't pay as close attention to it. Are there any targets that? You, and I'll I'll bring this up as we have sort of you know quasi breaking news. You may already know this, Tom, but the the Buccaneers are expected to place O.J. Howard on uh, injured reserve, which is going to open up things for Cameron Brait. In a tight end premium league like like the FP, uh, FPC and the FFPC main event, a lot of teams still may own Brait, so I'm not sure if he's if he's still out there in any leagues, but I would certainly be bidding a lot on getting him this week if I played that format. Um, are there any other names that you're looking at in Week 12 as, as a guy that you're going to try to get on your rosters? Well, going back to what we were talking about before with uh, Lamar Jackson, I, you know, this Gus Edwards came out of nowhere last week, had a big week. I think he's the type of back that fits perfectly with what Lamar wants to do. He, you know, he'll have a chance, you know, to run between the tackles and continue doing what he did last week. So he's somebody that you could probably take a look at. I really like both Ram tight ends now. One of the big factors, I think, in last night's game that, you know, doesn't get discussed is 
you know, if you watch the game, they were spying Gurley the entire night. And I think that the Cooper Cup injury is a big reason why, because Cooper Cup was, you know, open up things in that, you know, 10 to 15 yard range. Teams, you know, teams won't have to worry about him so they can, you know, focus more on trying to take Gurley out of the backfield. But that also now has opened up things for Gerald Everett, who looked great last night. Tyler Higby, you know, these guys have always been there, but they're like, you know, you're like, ah, they just don't get the targets in in this offense. Well, moving forward, those guys definitely should start seeing more targets. So there, those are guys you can look at. Um, Cameron Braid, I don't think he's available anywhere, but yeah, that that's definitely uh, somebody with Jameis being back under center. You know, is going to be somebody that's going to do well too here in these next few weeks you would think um Traquan Smith I mean this is you know not any news if he's out there you know go and get him immediately it was funny with him you know he had the zero two weeks ago and uh, you know I was leery about playing him well I played him on DraftKings this week heavily and uh, last night I had a Mahomes uh, Kelsey Hill stack that wound up winning me a thousand dollars in the first i wound up in first in a like a 200 man event so i mean you know having traquan was the key to that whole thing because he put up huge numbers so you know th- those are guys to definitely take a look at here as we uh you know move forward uh gerald everett especially i think he's uh he, he's definitely somebody that you know he's more that hybrid tight end who's gonna line up in the slot and um can really uh make make uh make things happen for yeah. the Rams. No, that's a, that's a great point and this is basically, you know, the first game with that that we've seen um, you know, uh AK after Cup, um, you know, where where they didn't have his services for the entire game and and wouldn't you know it Gerald Everett blew up, so I think that he is definitely he's one of those rare guys that that is might get targets now and he's still on the waiver wire in tight end premium uh, events like the FPC and, and the main event. So he's a guy I'd be looking at for sure. Uh, time, you've been very gracious with your time. I just have one final question for you before I let you uh, go this week. Um, I, again, I know it's early. I know that, that we, you know, we're, we're still kind of digesting. I'm physically sore from watching that Monday night game last night. I'm just, it, would, it took everything out of me. Uh, and I can't even think about week 12 yet. But uh, putting it on you, is, is there any sleeper out there uh, right now that you think um, is probably not going to be started in a lot of leagues this week, but fantasy owners might want to think twice and think about putting him in as, as one of their flexes. Um, and then a, a stud uh, that a lot of players, a lot of high stakes guys will be locked in and, and playing him. Um, but you think you might want to take a second look and, and make sure that, that this, this is the type of guy that you want mm-hmm. in uh, your starting lineup with league playoffs uh, beginning. Well, from a sleeper standpoint, a, a guy that, you know, I have on a few rosters who I'm kind of excited about this week is uh, Marquis Goodwin in uh, San Francisco. I mean, everybody's been lighting up that uh, Buccaneer defense, and I think he has a chance to, you know, pop off and get a couple of deep balls that he should be able to uh, at least hopefully convert on one and potentially two. Um, other than that, I mean, from, from a studs perspective, I have a feeling the Vikings are going to be very salty after what happened on Sunday night. Now they flip the script and come home for a Sunday nighter. I'd be leery of playing Packers. I know I mentioned Aaron Jones before, um, but you know, it's hard to sit in Aaron Rodgers. but he's not happy. 
he, uh, you can see the frustration that he's having with McCarthy. And I have a feeling that that game could get really, really ugly for the Packers on Sunday night. So, you know, it, it's hard. I mean, I don't, you're not going to sit Aaron Rodgers unless you have a really, really serviceable backup. But uh, that's somebody that you might want to think about uh, sitting this week. Yeah, no, I, I think you make uh, I make I think you make good points. Packers are definitely trending in the wrong direction as far as uh, the team goes, as far as fantasy goes. And Aaron Jones too. I mean, again, looked like he was in for a Bafo uh, game uh, against Seattle. Goes crazy in the first half, and then Mike McCarthy inexplicably goes away from him in the second half. So I, I think that you are not only playing a, a tough matchup in the Vikings, you are playing uh, irrational coaching <laughs> from Mike McCarthy as well, which is well, never as, a, as a Bear fan, I'm 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 elated with it. So <laughs> I can imagine, yes, for sure. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, I, I was elated to talk to you today, man. This is great catching up again, talking a little fantasy football. I wish you nothing but the best in, in the main event, the FPC, all your leagues uh, going forward this year. And uh, I know you didn't get the regular season points title, but maybe that means you're just going to win the 250 grand this year and then call it good. Hey, you know what? I look forward to a follow-up conversation when the season's over talking about that. So hopefully you're right. <laughs> you got it, man. Definitely. Thanks so much, Tom. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.